Welcome back to another episode of the Easy Speak at Speakeasy 330 podcast with your hosts, Rich and Tom. Welcome back. Well, hello, hello. Hey, Happy New Year to you. Yeah, happy New Year to you, my friend. Yeah, it is uh, the 5th of January. The 6th. Oh, it's the 6th. 6th. God damn. 2021. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, we've had five good days so far, so <laughs> let's get to the sixth one. Well, yeah, we'll, we'll see how the rest of the year transpires. Yeah, well, you know, it's really, it's my, it's my sixth day in the dry January. And, if, and funny thing, I was driving to work this morning. I was listening to um, a local radio station because I like to listen to get the traffic report, uh, even though I have ways. Is it on the 10s or on the 9s? It's, uh, it's on the 8s. On the old. On the 8s. So a segment came on, and they were talking about people doing dry January. And they went in this whole thing where it could be people that are masking that they have a problem with alcohol. Now, I'm not going to sit here and say that I got a problem with alcohol, but I know I have a problem with alcohol at times. Hmm. I, yeah, I think uh, I might be able to say the same myself. I don't know if I have a problem, but we might, uh, as you like to say, uh, drink copious amounts. No, and, uh, for sure. That always leads to uh, rough next days. Bad decisions and eating bad food <laughs> afterwards. Yes. It l- lowers your inhibitions a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So today uh, we got a man. We got a lot to talk about. We got a Loaded. lot. We got a lot going on in the sports Loaded. world. Uh, we're going to touch on today. We're going to touch on uh, NFL. We're going to touch just a tad on Week 17 because it's done and gone. Mm-hmm. We got playoffs coming up. We got triple header, super yeah. wild card, the super wild the card, super wild card. And I hope they keep this format to keep all these teams in there. I think it's going to be good not only just for. Um, the NFL itself, but it's also going to be great for the fans. Oh, sure, because it gives those teams that just barely make it, well, now they get a chance. And and the NFL shows that, you know what, if you're hot going in, it doesn't matter what your record is. It, exactly. And, and anything can happen. There's, there is a lot of parity. Yeah, so we got that on the docket. We also have to touch up on a little uh, college football. We got the national championship game coming up here on Monday. Yep. Should be an, an exciting game, but – Obviously, of course, given the time that we're given in right now. Alabama versus the uh, number 11 Ohio State Buckeyes. According to Davo Sweeney. <laughs> How'd that work out for him? Yeah. Well, th- well let's not talk about that because <laughs> that wound is still open and burning. Yeah. But but we got issues with COVID going rampant through the Ohio State program right now. And there is talk. The Big Ten is lobbying to push that game back to the 18th. But – Ohio seems to be a hotbed for COVID-19. Yeah, we're going to talk about the brownies, too. So we got that going on for us, and uh, we want to talk about the draft of this past season, 2020, the players that came out. We also want to try to do a comparison on what it would look like if the 2020 draft ended up being the same as the famous 1983 draft. Which is probably... One of the, if not the greatest draft in NFL history. Uh, unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Mm-hmm. So, last night was a good night in the world of junior sports. Very good night. Oh. 
Now I'm not gonna. I believe me. I'm not gonna sit here and say Canada. Um, you know, Canada's not a good team. Canada no. stacked. Canada had 19 NHL bound players, and their goalie, uh, his last name's Levi. He going into the game last night, zero goals on five on five, and what happens? First the boys goal. in red, white, and blue get them for two. I know, and that's crazy. It, it just, it, yeah. It, you come into a powerhouse like that, and and to think that you're finally in the championship game, the gold medal game, you're gonna you're gonna break through against probably the hottest goalie in the tournament. It it, it speaks volumes. Oh, for sure. And the you know the thing is is it's it's funny to sit there and you look at what they what Team Canada did. Forty one goals for four allowed. They never went back-to-back games where they had a goal score on So say you got a goal scored on you, the next game would be a shutout, and get a goal scored on you, the next game would be a shutout. They I were mean, just absolutely ridiculously they good. They didn't have uh, – they weren't down a goal or at all at all until the midway point of the first period. Yeah, so I think – and I and here's the thing is I got in kind of a Twitter battle today on our page about it, and some guy threw about all the championships and – I do want to reiterate this. Canada is a hell of a program. Hell sure. of a program. It's it's the, the home of hockey. So so you expect for them to always have a powerhouse. And, of course, their their overall record is better than Team USA. But, I mean, you got to give credit where credit's due. Oh, exactly. And so this is where the scoring went. This is the first time that they ever let a five-on-five five goal up this uh, this tournament. So here we go. For Hellison. Across he goes to Sanderson, a shot that goes wide. Now Zegras back on it. Hellison shoots down to Tiger Scorer. And the United States has taken the lead. And that, that, was, that was at 6.35 of the first period. That goal was uh, a clinic, you can say, as how you're supposed to hold your stick if you're in front of the net. You've got to keep that blade on the ice and be ready for a deflection. It, it was picture perfect. Mickey Redman always says, two hands on a stick, stick on the ice, right? Yeah. I mean, it, Bingo, bango? Yeah, bingo, bango. Oh, you uh, definitely, it, it was how you want, you would teach kids uh, growing up, keep your stick on the ice. You never know where that puck's going to come from. And it, it was beautiful redirection, and it turned out to be the game winner. Oh, yeah, and then the second goal came in the second period. The point for Hellison. Across he goes to Sanderson, a shot that goes wide. Now Zegras back. One hands that to Cousins. He got bashed there by Sanderson. Side of the goal, he scores! It's Zegras, and the U.S. leads 2-0. And that was 32 seconds in. 
exactly. second period. Yep, 32 seconds in. They came out like gangbusters. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I played the wrong drop. I played the first drop twice, but no big deal. We're rookies. Yeah. I'll take it. Show number three. But, you know, the, the, the thing is, is I, and I, that goal right there, and if, and if you really look at it, that goal right there, it, it was a bad bounce off the end board. And, it, hey. But you never know. You, you just throw the puck at the net. You just throw the puck anywhere. Uh, if anyone listening, uh, I'm sure a lot of the veterans out there remember the boards at Joe Lewis. The old bit was always, oh, those boards are alive. They're yeah, lively oh yeah. boards. Just throw it in. You never know what will happen. And, and uh, it seemed to work in this situation. They just throw it in, and boom, there it is. Yeah, not nothing. And not only that, though, I mean, uh, USA was a one-and-a-half-point uh, one dog in this game. But still, 2 nothing, nothing to shake a stick at. The boys stood at center ice. They got the gold medals around their neck. You hey, can't take hats off to Canada. You can't take count of, of the heart. And one thing before we move on, they caught a little flack last night in the Twitterverse. They wheeled a garbage can into their uh, picture, taking a team picture. <laughs> so they wheeled a garbage can, and they pulled the front of it, which had a sticker of Team Canada right in the front. <laughs> so it was almost like they were saying Team Canada was trash. Little ha ha funny. I mean, they're 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 you know eighteen, nineteen year old kids, and they were just having a good time with it. But I don't see a problem. You know, and a lot of those a lot of those boys out there on that ice are going to be teammates. They're going to be playing competitively against each other yeah, for the next was, couple there, years. There was a couple of them that were teammates, whether it was college or uh, upcoming. Yeah, and, and it was nineteen kids uh, that are going to the NHL from Canada. I want to believe there's nine on Team USA that are going to be playing in the show. So that goalie, that goalie. Um, Spencer Knight, uh, he I believe Florida drafted him, so he's somebody to na- a name to look out for down the road because he his third period. If if t- you want to see a goalie uh, sound the alarm, stand on their head, um, he time. did. Yeah. He certainly did. Uh, you didn't think he was going to be able to withstand that pressure, but he did. Shout out gold medal team USA. And here's another thing: since we're talking on hockey. Training camps in full swing. I've been watching quite a bit of the red and white games when I can. I mean, when time allows me to. Um, yeah, granted, I'm going to sit here and be like, "Wow, they look great!" But you know, they are playing against their teammates, so I mean, they're not going to be going. Oh sure. They're not going to be going. You know, all out. You know, t- taking slap shots in front of their, uh, you know, in front of their teammates. And but for for people around here, seeing the Detroit Red Wings on the ice is definitely. Uh, Hopeful since you know, they didn't get to play in the bubble, so we haven't had hockey locally here, and I think it's nine months. So yeah. it seems like it's been an eternity. So it's nice to have them around. So it's going to be nice. Uh, it's definitely going to be nice to see that. You know, NHL Center Ice coming up here soon. A lot of the games will be broadcasted over here in the uh, Speakeasy three thirty. Love them all. And then uh, another, uh, I was you know I subscribed to Sportsnet on Twitter and. They were interviewing Zach Cassian talking about the Battle of Alberta. And if, for those of you who don't know, Zach Cassian has had a long history in that Battle of Alberta with Kachuk. Keith. No, <laughs> not, not, Ma- not or, Keith. I'm sorry. Matthew. Matthew. Yeah, but Keith Kachuk, man, he is huge. <laughs> we mentioned that in our first episode. Oh, is he on. huge? He looks like a. He looks like a penguin. He looks like old. He looks like a blimp. The old Batman series. But no, Cassian. I I think he did a very 
PC reply on that. He just was asked about it, and he said, uh, you know, we're, I'm going to let the media build up the hype uh, around this rivalry that we have here, um, but just know that every game in that North Division is going to be equally important. Oh, sure. Well, he's he's not going to give anybody any bulletin board material and, and you know, give them a reason to come at him any harder. You know, it's not going to take away from from what he's going to want to do because Lord knows he's going to go after them just as hard. So, Oh, for sure. And not only that, though, it, if push comes to shove, he will throw the mitts down. Oh, yeah. I, I think there's going to be a lot of that this year because there's rivalries renewed, especially in the Central. Yeah, Central's got some good ones. Uh, with the Wings and Hawks. I, yeah, I, I don't know about you, but I'm a very big fan of – the original six the original, lineups, yeah. for yeah. sure, I mean, definitely. It, those, for hockey elites, that that's an important thing. Yeah, so maybe the um, maybe the week after the season starts, when all the rosters shore shore up and everything like that, you know, we'll we'll spend a little more time on the uh, on the ice per se. Sure. And then uh, anybody out there listening, um, go to our Twitter page at Easy Speak Cast, and if you want to put in what your thoughts of the results of the season will be who you know, pick your division winners, pick your you know playoff seeds, or who's going to win the cup. You go ahead and do that right on our Twitter page. So that'll be cool. We'll yeah. talk about it on air. Yeah, follow us. Tell your mom, your dad, grandma, grandpa. <laughs> it doesn't matter. I just give us a follow. I mean, give Bring us a like. No big deal. I mean, we're not getting paid for this, so I I I really don't care how many likes we get or anything like that. But uh, but we want people to be engaged. And oh, if, for sure. if anybody has topics that want talked about, you know, throw a message and we're going to talk about it. You know, if that's on your mind, it'd be on our mind. We'll talk about it. Yeah, not only that, though, we're going to be stepping our game up here in a little bit, you know, after you know, we just went through and got some more equipment to the uh, to the stable. So we'll be able to uh, spice it up a little bit and maybe mm. get a couple guys here in the studio. Awesome. So uh, from there, let I want to segue into the college football. I really do. I Wow, what a weekend of games. I mean, you look at one one was expected. Yeah, well, look at the Cincinnati-Georgia game. I tell you, I think Cincinnati was a – they were a seven-point underdog. Last, no. Yeah, they yeah, were seven. seven and yeah, and they were yeah, seven. seven, seven and so and they, were, uh, they were a seven-point underdog. Man, they came out like gangbusters. Well, no one, no one gave them a chance playing in Georgia yeah. at the uh, Mercedes-Benz Mercedes uh, Dome. So nobody gave them a chance, and that's kind of been the way they've been perceived most of the season. That oh, they're just they're Cincinnati, they're you know they're Ohio State's stepsister or whatever, and and they can't play. But Luke Fickle, he's a hell of a coach. Oh, for and, sure. And what he was able to accomplish down there, and the fact that they played as hard as they did on national TV, I really think that'll that'll do wonders for recruiting, and a lot more kids are going to say, hey, you know what. I want to play for that guy, and and yeah. and I think uh, you're going to see Cincinnati on the on the the ranking list from here for a while, as long as he's there. Oh, I I agree with you 100. percent Let's get on here to the uh, playoffs. Here, Alabama Notre Dame was the four o'clock game. Alabama came out mm-hmm. like a shotgun. I mean, I shame shameful to say, but before I could even turn the TV on, uh, they were down by 14. Yeah, so the, the game was pretty much. Uh, squared away early, but they opened the door 
unfortunately, whether it was just Saban took his foot off the gas or, or what it was, maybe Brian Kelly uh, figured out how to play football or coach football. Uh, but, oh, uh, sorry, Notre Dame, you know, made somewhat of a game for it for a little while. Oh, for sure. And they, I mean, and in the second half, they look like a total different team. Yeah, I mean, you, you make adjustments or you hope to make adjustments at halftime. Clearly, or Alabama was controlling the play on both sides. And they, they made some adjustments and, and uh, book. You know, he's a veteran. He's he's a senior. He's been there. He's been through the tough games. And, hell, he played two tough games against Clemson this yeah. year, you know, going one and one. So I don't believe that he's afraid to step it up and make the big plays. And he's kind of played that role for Notre Dame his whole career. What's he got? Three or four losses yeah. in his career there. I mean, that's <laughs> says a lot. It's a lot to be said for to play at a school like that and have that on your career record. So – yeah, he makes some big plays and keeps keeps them in the ball game. And unfortunately, they scored late. Uh, Rich took the under, <laughs> and uh, I took the over. And uh, well, let's just say uh, I won and I lost. How good did the newly crowned Heisman Trophy winner Devontae Smith look? He's uh, he's a special talent. He's quote undersized, uh, not big enough. And I, I think he proved that doesn't matter. <laughs> doesn't matter your size. Uh, you just go out there and you give it all you got, and you have the heart. And, and you know, it sounds like he's got a pretty humble upbringing. So he he took all the naysayers that said, eh, "I don't know, you're kind of hey, small." If you can game out, game out. You're right? kind of small. I don't I don't know if this is gonna work. And you know, Jalen Waddle is the 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 you know number one so I don't know but when Waddle goes out with that ankle injury Devontae Smith becomes the number one and he took with took it and ran with it and not only at receiver special teams he yeah. was one of the top uh, punt returners in the country and and I think he proved that he is you know obviously the best player in college football and it showed this week a gun to your head where do you think where do you think he's going to land in the draft this year? Top 10. Um, I can see him going possibly Detroit. It could be a good landing spot for him. They need a receiver. You guys should see this eye roll I got. Uh, well, I know it's an old bit, but um, who needs a receiver in the NFL? Who who early on in the draft I mean, needs a receiver? Realistically, everybody could use a, rec- a good receiver. Okay, here's, here's another place, New England. I think he, New England's going to go off into free agency and and, and get they're going to get a quarterback. There's there's some quarterbacks out there, so I think New England could be a good landing spot for him. I I I do not. I'm going to tell you right now. I do not want him at number seven because I'm yeah. going to tell you this right now. We have so many glaring oh, holes. There's, I mean, you could you if could, you look at it, you can get a lot of guys in the second round that can play. Well, you. Detroit needs a quarterback for the future. Uh, yeah, they need they need a receiver. You know what? I I'll, I'll be honest with you. I don't even think I want that this year because I firmly believe that if they're going to blow this, and now if they think they're going to they're going to hire a GM in here, and the GM's going to say, 
I'm gonna we're gonna blow this up. They're gonna keep Stafford probably till his contract well, runs I, out. I, yeah, the, the more and more time goes on, I, I don't see Stafford leaving. He's got two more years on this contract. But when you give up thirty some points per game, which is a record, they need somebody that can disrupt the quarterback. Yeah. They need a J.J. Watt, a T.J. Watt, a Chase Young, uh, Devontae Sweat type of player that you have to game plan for. And unfortunately, I, I'm not seeing – A Chase Young? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm not seeing anybody in this draft that, that jumps out at me that says, oh, he's the guy. Last year it was Chase Young. And, oh. and, it, and you knew he was going to be a standout. And this year he proved it. I mean, he was, oh. a, very, he was a dominant defensive How player. many rookies – Put the C on their jersey. Rookie season. You don't see that no. very much. Chase Young got it. but um, So there are so many holes to fill on the Lions that I, <laughs> I don't think that any angle they go, anyone's going to be happy because <laughs> you're going to get the people that say, oh, we need this. And they, they so they say they draft Micah Parsons. The biggest hole they have is linebacker, which would be phenomenal pick for them. Uh, there's going to be the people that are going to bitch and moan. Oh, we need receivers. You draft a receiver, people are going to bitch and moan. So I don't think anybody, <laughs> as, as we're accustomed to as Lions fans, no one's going to be happy. Just does no. it, It's starting to become like Jets fans. They just bitch about everything. So <laughs> They get the first pick in the draft. They could take uh, Peyton Manning. They'd still boom oh, off they the would stage. Boom. They would boom because he's, you know, he's got that southern draw. We don't like that. Yeah. He, he wears weird Levi jeans. I don't know. Yeah, the second game of the college football, we had uh, Clemson and Ohio State. Man, Clemson looked slow and weak I'm blaming against OSU. It. I'm blaming it on that so-called stash that <laughs> old Goldilocks Trevor Lawrence was wearing. Uh, did somebody look at him and say, hey, Trevor, I like that. I like that look on your face. You look like you're about 12. I think it's a good look. Go roll with it. Yeah, exactly. But, no, they, they looked. Which, by the way, since you talked about Trevor Lawrence today, he officially declared, declared for the NFL draft. <laughs> uh, he Actually, he declared that he's going to be the next quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Show of hands, who's uh, surprised about that one? Anyone? Anybody? Okay. There's no okay. hands up. Yeah, no, none. Nobody's surprised. Yeah, but, I mean, just overall, the, the whole performance, and I'm a Clemson guy. I've said it from episode one now to episode three. I'm a Clemson guy. I'm a big fan of Davo Sweeney. I think he should have kept his mouth shut because yes. he gave Ohio State a lot of billboard material. Well, Ryan Day is uh, infamous for uh, stoking the flames and I think getting his team motivated of things that people say. You know, he – He's known for telling his players that, hey, we're going to put up 100 on Michigan this year, and unfortunately that game never happened. But do you think that the words Dabo said, uh, ranking them at 11, you know, played a factor into the way Ohio State prepared for this game? I'm, sh I'm sure there was a lot of um, chatter amongst the, the coaching staff at OSU and the players itself. Like, hey, look, this guy thinks that we're – a 11th-ranked team. We're number eight. I don't give a – realistically, I'd, if I was Ryan Day, I'd be like, I don't give a shit what he says. The polls say I'm number yeah. four. I'm in the college football playoff. I don't think they control where they're at. They're only going where – and, you know, the, the Big Ten kind of paved the way for them. But, um, you know, college kids, I do think you can influence them like that because they do play for pride, and they, they think 
after the game, there was a lot of players that were like, 11, huh? Okay. So yeah. I think they took it personally. and Oh, for sure. And, and they came out. They came out. I mean, that was the best game. Although, I mean, you think about it. Clemson played 11 games this year. Yeah. And Ohio State was playing their sixth game. So was it a situation where Ohio State was a lot healthier? Well, and, they were playing their seventh game. Seventh game? Yeah. Okay. So were they a little bit healthier? Like uh, their receiver core who – Missed the Big Ten championship because due to COVID, were they more uh, ready to play? Just more, you know, fresh legs or whatever that could have played a role. But you know, it was it was domination, you know, for the whole game. I mean, kudos to the Buckeyes. As hard as it for me to say that they they played a hell of a game. Yeah, they played four quarters. Yep, and they moved. You know, in the beginning of the game, Ohio State really didn't look great. But man, did they turn it on? They. I think there was about two or three drives in that s- that third quarter that Clemson was like, "Oh, you know what? We're going to get back in this game," and uh, it, they got it to within, I think it was two or three scores, and you know it it, it, it kind of got a little nervous there on the Buckeye sidelines, but for whatever reason, they turned it up when they had to, and and they stretched the score out to I think it was twenty eight, and the rest was history. They move on to play. Roll Tide. Yeah, and you know, since we're talking about Trevor Lawrence, and you know we're going to bring up Justin Fields here right now, but uh, Trevor Lawrence didn't lose any draft no, stock in that game at his all. His resume is it, is stamped. It, 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 two losses in his career, both in uh, one a, a finals and a semifinals, and in, in, in his three seasons with Clemson, uh, you go to the big dance, the yeah. Final Four, all three seasons. Come on, what those that that game yeah, will so not. Will not affect him one bit. Yeah, his his draft status did not drop whatsoever. But however, if anybody catapulted in the eyes of somebody, Justin Fields did. Not only with his play, his, but his with toughness, his, his toughness, his it, resilient. Yeah. Oh man, and that hit! Holy smokes! I, you I, know what? I don't think I could walk for two days. Oh, and you know it. it that hit. Everybody. So if anybody didn't see it or doesn't know, there was a hit. Fields was scrambling up the middle of the field. Skalski came in. It looked like he was going shoulder on on side. Fields kind of spun a little bit. The crown of the helmet of Skalski hit him directly in the ribs. Directly in the ribs. Ribs, hip area. And uh, it crumpled him. There was no there was no flag thrown on the play. But because the quarterback was down for a considerable amount of time, they went back and reviewed it. And, it, I mean, it was clear-cut. And the, the rule states, if the player drops his head down and exposes the crown of his head in a tackle, it is considered targeting. Now, what I would like to see changed from this year to next year is, my personal opinion, if that, that game speed is so fast. Mm-hmm. You, know, at a, you know, he can line them up. He could spin it the last second. Then you get that kind of hit that Fields took. My personal opinion, I'd say, you know what? That's going to be a, a, a personal foul, targeting, non-head contact, 15-yard penalty, automatic first down. It seems like the difference with this play compared to almost every other targeting call they throw in college is it hit him in his, you know, in the side of the hip rib area, whereas most targeting calls, it's helmet to helmet. So uh, I think at game speed, at, at, at the time the play 
happened, it it didn't look nothing more than he just he oh he, he just lit him, him up. Yeah, he just lit him up. But like you said, once he was down and the review started coming out, you could s- clearly see where Stalski he was squaring him up. He got um, pad level. Oh man! And then put his head down. But yeah. here's a case where was that just a you know a bad break for Clemson, or is this a guy? Who has kind of got a reputation of, of being a little bit dirty? Yeah, that wasn't his first. That was not his first targeting penalty that he's uh, had in that building. Yeah, exactly. Because last year he was also ejected out for a targeting penalty. Yeah, so I think he might have a bit of a target on his back, and and that might have been the reason why the the call was made. And and losing him, albeit they were already down by I think twenty one points. Did that make the difference? They were already down a, a defensive back who was targeted, called the, the the game before, which they lost him for the first half. So I think him being uh, thrown out of the game for the play, I, I don't think that affected the results. No, I don't. I, re- I really don't think that had any bearing on the results of the game because I mean, OSU was pretty much marching down the field every time they got the ball. And it's unfortunate because that guy's a stud, and and I know how you feel about guys that wear neck pads. You're, oh, you're, you're big fans. Oh yeah, big fan. But he's got a he's got a promising future in the NFL. That turned out to be his last game in college. So unfortunately for him, his uh, exiting uh, memory will be being ejected in Sugar Bowl uh, for the second time. But he'll be fine. He'll move on. He'll get drafted probably somewhere in the third fourth round I would predict because he's you know he's a bit small for a linebacker but he's he's got a heart of gold so he, he'll do fine in the NFL did you have did you hear the Justin Fields interview after that the medical staff at Ohio State did not give him a diagnosis on what his injury was they gave him a couple shots back there in the dent and they pretty much said if if you feel like you can play you, and you saw him on the sidelines and some of the and the replays he couldn't even get on yeah. an exercise bike to stay loose well you look at it, you look at a guy like Fields, and let's face it, his his stock might have lost a little bit after the Big Ten championship game because he he didn't look good. No, albeit, not at all. Albeit that he was missing some weapons, but going into that game, there was a lot of question marks. Like you know, we talked about it. Like, is this a guy you'd want to draft? But he gets laid out. He comes. He misses a couple plays. And I think he missed one play. Yeah, and, and he came back the next play through a touchdown. His first play is a touchdown yeah. pass. I mean, uh, the the guy's got grit and he's tough, and I think that goes a long way uh, when it comes to draft status in the NFL. So you look at somebody like Stafford. <laughs> I mean, they had to glue Stafford together this year to keep him upright, but and he and he played the whole year. So I tell you right now, uh, there's nobody in the NFL outside of. Players in Detroit, uh, or uh, I shouldn't say players in Detroit, but fans in Detroit that just can't stand him. But that dude is tough as they come. Yeah, he is, and he's proven it. You know, except for the first year or two in his career, where he, you know, he had an injury here, injury there. But you know, once he got it going, he's, you know, he he lays it all on the on the field, and, and playing with the injuries he's got, he still threw for almost three hundred yards. No, for sure. So. Alabama coming into this game, national championship game, seven-point favorite against uh, Ohio State. Who do you got? I had to think about this one because y- you got to look at the way 
they came out against Clemson. And you say, you know, can they repeat that? They're dealing with a COVID issue at Ohio State. They really have not mentioned if, in fact, it's affected players. So right now we don't know. But I think the way the way Alabama can put up points, and I said this about Clemson. I thought they were complete, and they, you know, they proved me wrong. But I just I don't see a, a situation where they're going to match score for score with Alabama. I could be wrong, and I'll eat crow if that happens. But the way I see it, I, I see it being a double-digit win for um, Alabama. I do see them covering, what is it, it's seven? Yeah, seven points. Yeah, I can see it being like 13. Um, I, I, I think Ohio State comes out strong. I think they ride a wave of, of momentum after that big win against Clemson. But ultimately, I think – Alabama just they just have too many weapons. They're they're running back and receiver core. And Mac Jones is just he's he's I hate to say it, he's a game manager, but he 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 doesn't make many mistakes and, and when that happens they don't turn the ball over. Well, they're they're good and, and, and I don't think Ohio State can can match up with that. Sorry. No, they're, they're, I mean, they got a good running back core. I, I'm sp- speaking on the offensive side of the ball because really I think it's going to be a shootout on this. I, d- I didn't pull up what the over under is going to be of this game, but for sure, Alabama, I'm saying probably 10 points. It's going to go back and forth. And just like you said, Mac Jones, the guy can control the game. You've got two guys who are in the running for a Heisman Trophy on your team. Well, and, and you're the running back, Najee Harris, who yeah. uh, locals around here are very familiar with him because he originally committed to Michigan and, and like lots of – uh, upper tier recruits these days seem to decommit and go elsewhere. He's he's. I mean, on any given year, he could have won the Heisman. He's like what six? He's like <laughs> six three. Well, he's like he's a wrecking ball. Oh, he's huge. And what he did against Notre Dame completely leaped over the hurdle, the yeah. def- defensive back, and then ran for another forty yards. Unbelievable. So it's tough. It's tough when you got uh, players at all positions that are almost NFL ready. But I, with that being said. Um, Ohio State could, you know, come out here and, and shock the world and whatever. I'd, if that was the case, I'm congratulating my dad. But sorry, pops, I'm gonna go with roll tide on this one. You know, and my thing is, is I almost wanted to go back and change my pick after you said Alabama, just because of the fact that I'm leading in the standings when it comes to our pickums. Because oh last boy. week, um, your boy here. He won between the two of us. I went <laughs> I went three and one. Yeah. My only loss was to Clemson, and you went two and two. Yeah. You're Clemson and Alabama. Notre Dame uh, <laughs> screwed me on that late score. I'm surprised you didn't hear me screaming in the house next door when uh, when Notre Dame scored that touchdown. I was like, oh, yeah, they, sc- they covered the spread. <laughs> Lions, oh, my gosh. What a, game, what a game Sunday. It was a game that I've seen probably arguably – the two worst calls ever made against the Lions. But is anybody surprised? This oh, is no, I'm not surprised at all. But here's the thing that really pisses me off and it irritates me. Let me get this off my chest real quick. Shoot. We all know, as Lions fans, we did not want them to win another game at the end of the year. <laughs> but that locker room in there, they're professionals. Sure they are. Professional. It, it takes a special person to be a professional because all they want to do is they want to win. They got that winning drive. That's what, that's the difference between 
us talking about it on a podcast sure. and them grinding it out on the field. Those guys, those guys don't give a shit. They're playing for their, their futures. It, yeah. They're, they're playing for, you know, it's almost uh, uh, it's a their showcase job. It's for, their the, job. for other teams. To see. Exactly. I mean, you take Marvin Hall, for example. Um, I'm sorry, Marvin Jones, my bad. Um, Got frowns on your brain. <laughs> right. He, I, I don't believe he's ever got the respect that he deserves here in his five years in Detroit. And um, so he's up, his contract's up. And so what does he do? He goes for eight catches, 180 yards. Should have been three touchdowns. Got robbed of a third, but he ended up with two. But, you know, th- there's situations where he's got nothing to play for, but he does. Yeah, That like game alone probably will earn him a nice chunk of change and, and more than likely with another team. So for players like that, those games mean the world. Yeah, the Lions only have about $10 million to work with <laughs> cap cap space-wise. So it, it it's going to be about 50 position players. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty difficult uh, offseason for those guys. It's going to be a difficult offseason for the next general manager that comes in. But back to those. Those two calls, that one call, Tracy Walker comes in on a blitz, fourth down, just absolutely, and I, I, I blue, thought blue it was pass, blue past the line. Oh yeah, and it was to me, it was his only play because he he I it, from what it looked like on film, he looked like Cousins was going to throw it, so he kind of jumped to maybe deflect the ball, and but Cousins turned, yeah, turned his shoulder, and he ended up Eight almost turns. almost. You know, wrapping around him, and he didn't put all his. I mean, what is Tracy Walker weigh? 180 pounds. He didn't force his weight into him. It was a clean, beautiful play. Instantly, flag thrown, roughing the passer. And and it, it was just even uh, the the rules analyst for Dean Blandino for Fox was like, I I see nothing here. No, that, that was about as clean of a play as you can get. He you know when he went to the ground, he released his arms before he hit. And, and he, he pretty jumped much, right and up. And he pretty much rolled off him. Yeah, it, it, it was a, a big question mark as to why you're going to – and after the game, the referee stood by his call said he drove him into the ground. And, and that's just asinine to say that he drove him in the ground because he didn't. He just didn't want to admit that he blew the call. You know, and I'm not going to sound a siren like that, but I have a, a friend of mine, a colleague I work with. He um, – Shut up. He is a uh, umpire for uh, football, high school football. <laughs> and I, I, I asked him this question today. I said, what do you think about that hit that was called rough in the passer, his exact words? And he's like, I don't even know what's rough in the passer anymore no. because it's, it you changes from day to day, no. week to week, referee to referee, quarterback to quarterback. Uh, oh, that, that's the big thing. That's the big thing. And if, ul- ultimately, if that was a scrub quarterback, if that was not Kirk Cousins, if that was Matthew Stafford, they wouldn't have made that. No, call. they no. wouldn't. Have. Ultimately, uh, they get a new set of downs and score they, they score, yeah. and, and you know that 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 was a difference in the game. <laughs> but you know, Detroit ends up with seventh. They would they would have if they would have won, they would have had a, they would have pushed back probably twelve. I yeah, think. yeah. So. But you know they went five and eleven. You know they got rid of the uh, the plague in Allen Park. So I'm, I mean I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, the big the the big uh, story tomorrow is local boy Robert Sala, who I pray to the football gods they don't let him 
turn that Zoom call off until he has a contract offer because it came out today that they were going to hire the coach before the GM. Albeit aside, I, I think they have a pretty good idea who their GM's going to be, and, and something tells me that there's been conversations within that group of who they look to hire, and I I, I pray that it's Robert Sala because not only because he's a local guy, and I think it's a good story, I think this guy, as uh, Richard Sherman quoted uh, a few weeks ago, said he's a leader of men. And if there's something that this team, this city needs, is a leader of men. And he's an X and O guy who will get the job done, I believe. What, what we need somebody to do, and I, he, I'm kind of in agreement with you. I do not want to see uh, Marvin Lewis here. No. Absolutely. I, I, I'm tired of seeing the retreads yep. and everything like that, and I'm tired of seeing the Patriot way. We talked about that already once, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dive back into my hatred and <laughs> of that. No. But I do agree with you. I think he would be a good fit. I don't think, um, uh, what's his name? Bianami. Bianami. Yeah. I, I, he needs. Bianami needs the tools around him. And clearly, this team doesn't have no. What you know, he needs a uh, Patrick Mahomes type of player. He needs uh, pieces in that regard around him to be successful. And Jacksonville it, would be a great place for him. Well, I it don't sounds even, like don't <laughs> even bring his name up. Don't even bring his name up. It, I don't want to hear that like name. That guy is the front runner for uh, Meyer for that job. But yeah, I mean. You look at Jacksonville to where they have $87 million of free cap space. And they, they have 11 <laughs> picks in this draft. Say they got a shit ton of picks. So they have they have the first pick, which will be Trevor Lawrence. So you have something to work with. He is a Patrick Mahomes type of player because he can, can make, make uh, plays with his legs, which ultimately opens up plays in the air. So that, that would be a good landing spot. The enemy, as much as I think he deserves it, I think he's been – Probably the best offensive coordinator in the NFL for three years running now. I, it's not going to work here. It just won't yeah. work in Detroit. He doesn't have what he needs. I, I agree with you 100%. And um, the second lone play, the oh, Marvin Jones touchdown, I was just which, getting to that. which went to replay. Yeah. And did the ball come loose when he hit the ground? Yes. Did the ball touch the, touch ground? the ground? No. Yeah. When he rolled over, he maintained possession before he stopped. And once again, they went to Dean Blandino at Fox, and he basically said, I, I don't know what they're looking at. Yeah. The ball never hit the ground. Yes, it, it came out of his control, but he gained possession to complete the play, and they got robbed. And, you know, and it, they did us a favor. They, I mean, they, as much yeah. as we hate to say yeah. it, they, they did us a favor. I mean, you always want to see your team win. And I'm going to be the first one to sit here. Is I used to be a season ticket holder. So I've went through going down there. Sound the alarm. No, I'm not going to sound the alarm. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, I, I was. I was a season ticket holder uh, with a buddy of mine at Ford Field. And I was also a season ticket holder at the Silverdome, which, by the way, was – Always unbelievable tailgating there. Mm. But you always want to see him win. But in a loss like that where you know it could potentially help him a little bit maybe for next year, 
I, I mean, that's a pill I can swallow. I think as fans, uh, ultimately you say, oh, you want them to tank. But deep down inside, and, and like me, I was I was pretty up in arms with the calls and, and, and thought it was, you know, typical uh, NFL bias towards Detroit. And, and so I was pissed off. But, you know, at the, at the end of the day, as much as I hate that saying, um, it, it, they did us a favor because they wrapped up the seventh pick. And that there's a lot lot to be picked at that that position. So, you know, hopefully they can draft a guy who can be a week one starter. Yeah. And, and ultimately that's what you're hoping for um, because, <laughs> let's face it, uh, their drafts have not been – up to par. They we'll suck. Say. Yeah, you just say they, they suck. They've been terrible. Don't Although, you know, TJ Hawkinson two years ago, they picked him at seven. You know, in, in, in was he, he was he worthy of a seventh? I, no. No. Absolutely not. I mean, you could polish a turd, but at the end sure. of the day, it's still a turd. Yeah, but he's, you know, he's turned out to be a pretty good, you know, pretty good decision. I think he's a, he's a, he's a decent tight end and he's on his way, but you just have to, you know, get somebody that you can hope will be. The future, somebody that you can put in week one and know that he's going to be an impact or at least, you know, do something. So we got super wild card weekend. Going to be a packed, action-packed weekend here at the 330. So I'm thinking about doing something special this weekend. Oh. Yeah. So – in the last week or so, I've come upon a new butcher shop. It's not really close to where we live, but it's not far-fetched for me to get there on my way home from work. It's called The Butchery. It's in Sylvan Lake. I'm going to get some of the finest cuts of steak oh. called Kulat. Oh. Not Kool-Aid. Not Kool-Aid. Kulat. Aren't those uh, what the girls wore in school? <laughs> they get away when we weren't allowed to wear shorts. If, if, the if girls would wear culottes. It might. It, it might have been. Get away it. with it. Oh, if, these are culottes. They're if, not shorts. It might. That might have been it. So yeah. So I'm gonna go see Dave at the butchery, Dope. Chef Dave. Chef Dave. Which, by out. the way, today was their first episode on Woodward Sports of the Smoke Show with Sean Belegian. I'm going to tell you right now. That brisket. That brisket looked dynamite, didn't it? I was ready to eat my phone. It looked that good. Oh, and you know, and here's another thing. Is I didn't know uh, Joey Bell was a vegan, and the guy did a smoked tofu for him. Oh, former Detroit Lion. Yeah. Wayne State warrior. Yeah. Joey Bell. Yeah, but, it, and they, I mean, it, there's two vegans that work in that production area. Mm-hmm. I mean, Joey Bell and there's a girl behind stage or behind the scenes. They were both eating it, and they were chowing down. But the brisket, oh my god, yeah, it looked good. It looked good. It looked real good. So I th- I'm gonna go out there tomorrow. I'm gonna go out there probably tomorrow on the way home from work, just because it's convenient for me. I'm gonna pick up some culotte. And they also have these brisket bacon burgers. How many should I get? <laughs> well, I mean, I'm I'm in. I <laughs> I'm in. I, I mean, I'm in. We should have a packed house in here Saturday, so. <laughs> well, maybe we'll save this for Sunday. Then. We'll do it Sunday, yeah. That way we we'll get a few of them. That way we're not uh, we're not breaking uh, my pocketbook. <laughs> but I mean, I I mean, I plan on going out there and spending some uh, some coin there. Mm, that sounds good. Yeah, so mouth already watering. 
Oh. Now the the big question we have is, where are you cooking it on? I'm gonna cook it on the pit boss. Oh, you're gonna cook even the burgers? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh uh, yeah, I'll All do right. that on the I'll do it on the pit boss. You're gonna leave the Blackstone alone this weekend, huh? Yeah, I think I'm gonna leave the Blackstone alone this yeah. year. Well, well, no, the the Kulat will go on the on the pit boss, right? But if you want to hold the burgers on the Blackstone, yeah. And for anybody out there listening, if you haven't had a burger or any type of meat cooked on a Blackstone, you are missing out. It, it's it's a life changer, especially burgers. It's amazing. So I've pretty much stopped using my grill because of the Blackstone. I oh. And Rich here uh, turned me on to it, and uh, we have one here at the 330, and we just we grill everything on there. <laughs> it's even Sloppy Joe's. It's amazing. Yeah, so if you guys get a chance, I mean, please check these guys out. It's every Wednesday at 1 o'clock on Woodward Sports. It's the smoke show. It's got uh, Chef Dave, it's got Sean, and it's got uh, Mike. Yeah. And I've Mike, I have, uh, uh, and, and <laughs> forgive me, I can't pronounce it. I have a seal. <laughs> I have a seal, yeah. yeah. You know, but, uh, and those guys, uh, uh, Sean and Mike, are not um, are not chefs by any means, but they're guys that have been in the smoking game for a while, so... And um, and if uh, the old school guys remember uh, DFN, Sean Belegian used to have a uh, a little gathering. Uh, it would be, I believe, it would be late spring, early summer. It was a meetup where it was just you. He'd have a big cookout. You bring the meat and you grilled it. It was always oh, yeah. a, it was always a big event uh, for WDFN when they were around. Yeah, for sure. So let's 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 get. Back. I'm sitting here talking about food. Yeah. I haven't eaten dinner we're, yet. We're off the rails, and I'm hungry. So, football this week, man. We got we got some good games in the AFC. We got the Ravens and the Titans. We got the Browns and the Steelers. We got the Colts and the Bills. So let's start off here at the first top here. We got the Ravens at the Titans. A Ravens three and a half point. Well, I'm going to use a quote that Mr. Rich said uh, last week. Um, uh, can you trust poopy drawers? Oh, Mr. Poopy Pants. <laughs> Lamar Jackson. Uh, can you trust him? This now being his third third run at the playoffs, he's he's zero and two coming into this game. Uh, probably next to Buffalo, the hottest team in the NFL coming in. But you're playing Tennessee. You're playing Tennessee at home. Um, they have Derrick Henry, who I, unbelievable what he was able to do in Week 17, 250 some odd yards. He goes over 2,000. The guy is an absolute wrecking ball. So you're you're going up against that. You're going against Ryan Tannehill, who you know I don't I don't think he gets all the credit he deserves. He's a, he's a really good passer. They've got good receivers. Their defense uh, surprisingly has been uh, suspect this year. Yes. You know, and Vrabel's known for putting a putting a solid defense on the field, and they they just haven't been there. But uh, so they got Ravens giving three and a half, and and I'm I'm going for the upset. I think Tennessee's going to come in. They 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 had a, a a single doink for the win last week in in Houston that gave them the uh, AFC South and and I think they're gonna ride that that momentum and they're gonna come out here and and they're gonna win I I do believe it's gonna be a shootout but they're gonna end up winning. Yeah, I got the Titans as well. I think Derrick Henry's gonna come out and he's just gonna have his everyday ordinary game where he's gonna put up you know 150. You you have to put. And he's going to put a couple balls in the end zone. You have to put everybody up to guard him, which means there's going to be a lot of single safety coverages, which means those boys on the edge, the A.J. Browns, 
Corey Davis, uh, Western Michigan product. Yep. Uh, they're going to have big games, and I think that's what's going to be the difference. All right, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about this one next. Oh. Actually, you know what? We'll go down. We'll save that one for the last. Let's go Colts. <laughs> Colts versus the Bills. Yeah, I don't have my Kleenex out here yet. Bills given seven. Okay. Uh, Buffalo Bills. Set on the hill. Josh Allen. Uh, what can you say? He's been outstanding. The last probably six, seven weeks, he's he outside of Aaron Rodgers, he's been the best quarterback, the best player in the NFL. Um, so they they come in hot. They come in hot. They mollywopped the Miami Dolphins last week. I think uh, half the team forgot to leave the beach to come up to Buffalo. Um, so with that being said, they're giving seven. I to me, I think that's a that's a high number. I do, Se- too. I think it's a that, very high number. Seeing that, you know, the Colts have proven that they can they can score. They can score in bunches. They have Jonathan Taylor, the outstanding rookie. Who he had a great game who, last week, who, too. Yeah, he rushed for uh, about 260 yards on the ground. Uh, he had probably the run of the game where uh, he put Schobert's uh, jockstrap around his ankles <laughs> and went for 50 yards. Um, Joe Dirt. <laughs> Joe Dirt, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, I do see Buffalo winning this game, but not by seven. I, I can see, like, a field goal last minute. Um, maybe Phillip Rivers doing his infamous uh, get the ball back with maybe two or less minutes left going down, down by, you know, five or six and uh, throwing his famous interception and to seal the win for Buffalo. But I do think Buffalo will win, uh, but the Colts will cover. You're not going to – yeah. I got – I got the Bills. I got the Bills by ten. They're they're gonna they're gonna take it to them. They they really are. I'm expecting a pretty big game out of Josh Allen. Well, and Governor Cuomo. Yeah, they're allowing has, Bills Mafia there's there. There's gonna be 6,700 Bills Mafia in the house, and and I tell you, I 6,700. That's gonna be loud in there, and they're gonna be ready. And here's my thing with the Bills Mafia. One time in my life, I want to go tailgate in Buffalo. Worst stadium in the NFL. Oh. Maybe, well, Terrible. Jacksonville's pretty bad. But uh, in the middle of nowhere, New York, um, yeah, but no, that tailgate. I want to jump through a table oh. and get some of that pizza <laughs> that that guy makes in the in the uh, cabinet, that yes. the homemade pizzas. That yep. All right, we'll go to this last mm. AFC game. And you know what? And I know it's going to – it's near and dear to your heart, but – I'm going to disappoint Pops again oh, here. Oh, man. But, yeah, here's the thing, so – Brown Steelers, Steelers given four. I don't know if that changed because of the COVID outbreak. I, I just saw it flash up on uh, ESPN. It's five and a half. Five and a half, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not too far off, a, a no. point and a half off, but still it changed. I don't think that matters. So, five and a half, it's not going to change my decision. I don't think it's going to change your decision, given that we can't have the signal caller on the sidelines. Um, the coach of the year. The coach, yeah, Stefanski's not going to be there. He's going to be at home. Let's face it. Watching it on television like the rest of us schmucks. Cleveland's had probably the worst three-week run, and that that is including winning a playoff berth last week where, yeah. you know, they've been riddled with COVID. Why? Who knows? Is it the state of Ohio, which, <laughs> uh, you know, they don't really promote mask usage, but, you know, that's another topic for another day. But they have been bit hard by the COVID-19 bug. You don't have Stefanski, um, and now you don't have probably you know one of the better linebackers in the NFL, Olivier Olivier Vernon. Sorry if I blew that name. 
Olivier Vernon. He shreds his Achilles at the worst possible time of week 17. So you got that hole. Um, so going into this game, you had high hopes. But now when reality sets in, Kevin Stefanski, I mean, the Lions prove you don't have your signal callers. I mean, they're, they're flying blind. <laughs> you know, will they be able to persevere? You know, they've, they've got a good group of guys on that team. But unfortunately, uh, I'm, I'm picking the uh, the squealers to beat the Browns in the um, what will end up being the final game of Super Wildcard Weekend Sunday night on NBC. So Steelers are going to win, unfortunately. Yeah, um, and I'm not going to echo exactly everything you said, but I just think when you don't have key components to your coaching staff on the sidelines, Stefanski probably being the biggest one, that's a tough. That's a tough one to to overcome. Yeah. And I think that the Steelers are gonna they're gonna cover them, whether it was four or whether it was five and a half. Yeah. The Steelers are gonna cover. However. It's going to be a good game. I'm, I'm, well, I, it's, it's a I'm rivalry. Not, they not, hate, they, the two cities hate each other. And, I'm not going to count them out. I'm no. definitely not going to count them. Nope. I'm not going to count them out, but uh, for the sake of the podcast and the, and the sake for our notes that we have down here and everything like that. Baker Mayfield in the last eight games has one interception, and he has played outstanding football for the Browns. Will that, you know, do something for them? He, he was able to make – plays with his legs late in the fourth this past week. Got them a big 28-yard run when, when they needed it most and set them up for the game-winning drive. But who knows? Um, they've been a resilient team ever since uh, Beckham was hurt. It seemed like it pumped them up. But it's tough going into the Berg, playing on primetime. Yeah. And uh, it, it's, a, it, it's a, a tall mountain to climb. And unfortunately, I think Stefanski not being there will be there uh, – doing in so all right we'll move on to the nfc here so the nfc we got uh the football team out of washington or the washington football team wft <laughs> as they're referred to around the league <laughs> uh so washington versus the buccaneers the buccaneers are uh are giving them eight this game to me is the most intriguing of the weekend um you have a uh, a football team so to speak that Absolutely cannot score. Yeah. Oh. They just can't score. They don't have anybody that can make plays. And let's face it, Alex Smith, unbelievable story. I mean, everyone knows two years ago, almost lost his life because of a horrific leg injury, and he's battled back. The story, there, it'll be put to – it will be put uh, to a movie one day. But – you know, the fact that he's out there playing, it's unbelievable. Ron Rivera, battled cancer, never missed a practice. All just, I mean. Taking chemo treatments it, in halftime. And yeah, it, it just that amazing. That is an E60 series that's going to bring a tear to, you, uh, to your eye on ESPN. I don't know what is. But with that being said, their defense is unconscious. Their front, front seven, I'll put them up against anybody in the NFL. Chase Young. Sweat on the other end. Yep. Uh, Kerrigan. This is the reason why, you know, they won the division at 7-9, and nine, but they kept them in games. They allowed them the ability to, you know what, they're only going to score 13 points. Okay. Their defense will keep the other team to 10. Yep. And they absolutely did that. 
Um, then you look at the other side, Tampa Bay. They're hot. They're hot. Yep. Albeit, you know, they really haven't played anyone the last probably three and a half quarters. So yeah, I agree um, with you on that one. But Tom Brady's clicking. Gronk's finally Gronk again. Yep. They've got a, a Ronald Jones at running back. He's 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 on it. Um, you have um, Goodwin, who you know at the start of the season he he was Brady's kind of go to, and then got hurt, but now he's healthy and he's 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 on fire. Mike Evans with it, you know that graphic injury he had last week. It, it looks like that that he he dodged a bullet there, and and might actually play this week. I haven't really heard at at point we're recording this, but. They've got a, they've got weapons and they can score. But what is Tom Brady's kryptonite? Pressure. Pressure. And what can Washington football team do to Tom Brady? <laughs> Put a tremendous amount of pressure. And what did Chase Young say running off the field last week in Philadelphia when the uh, uh, Peterson, the Eagles coach, basically gave them the division? What was he saying? I want time. <laughs> I want Tom Brady. I want Tom. Um, this guy's hungry. That defense is feisty. Um, this number. But it's not Brady's first rodeo. So it's not Brady's first I would, rodeo. I, I, if I was Chase Young, I, I know you can get hyped up and excited and everything like that. But I don't hold that against him. I, I would not be running off the field telling the guy who is the GOAT, I, but I want Tom. Here's the difference. He's saying that amongst his guys running off the field. He wasn't saying that at a post-game press conference. So I, I don't see that as being bullet bulletin board material. But you don't think that they didn't hear that? Oh, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. But Brady, and Brady has shown this season, when you show pressure, he's not Tom Brady of old. Yeah. So anything can happen. So therefore, I think that number of eight, I, I just, I don't see, I don't see where they're going to uh, Get that number. So you're taking Washington with I'm, the points. I'm taking the football team with the <laughs> points. Tampa's going to win. Yeah, Tampa's going to win. Tampa's going to win because, you know, like I said before, they have the weapons. But with that defense, and if they get to Brady, he kind of throws the ball up. There could be some potential for some defensive scoring. So they'll cover. See, my magic number's 10 this week. And I honestly think it's going to be a good game. I'm not going to discredit, you know, given their record's only 7-9. and nine, I'm not going to discredit that. I mean, they have a great – if they had a better off – I mean, if they had a stable quarterback. And uh, Alex Smith, like you just said, great story. I'm glad to see him walking. I'm glad to see him on the football field. But do you cringe every time he's about to get sacked? Oh, God. <laughs> I, I almost look yeah. away like I can't watch. And, you know, it, it's a very – it's a feel-good story. It and really is. But – Rivera said today that he's more than likely going to rotate quarterbacks. Oh, yeah, for sure. different looks. And, and – I, I just think that he is he's a special guy. He came he came back from against all odds. But before he got hurt. But they just can't put any offense no, up. No, they well they just don't they don't they don't have a run game. And, and you know, here's my thing is they don't put much offense up. I don't really see him scoring a bunch of points, but I do see I maybe see them putting up maybe Maybe thirteen points, maybe seventeen points. That seems but to be I, what they've done. But I, I still see, I still see, Tampa putting up about uh, twenty-eight. I really do. Well, they have the ability to, but you know, that game's at Washington. What not like home field means anything this season? But you just go back to the way Washington played against the Squealers. Yeah. Um, 
that when they had to, they played and they played well. So who knows? But again, like I said before, this is the most intriguing game of the week. Bears Saints. Saints <laughs> Saints giving them nine and a half. That's I, I that number that blows me away. Blows me away because you got uh, Elvin Kamara, who I just just saw up on the screen that he's been cleared to play. He's cleared COVID protocol, um, coming back. So he missed last week, albeit he had six touchdowns the week before. That doesn't change my um, pick. No, I don't trust Drew Brees. No, you know I I, I uh, he's a great quarterback. He, he's, he, he's he he will be a first ballot uh, Hall un- of Famer, undoubtedly. undeniably Absolutely. the guy. The guy has broken record after record after record, and you know what? Collapse along, give him a couple weeks off. I'm back in the game. Yep. Broken ribs. Back in the game. Yep. You know he's got a heart of gold. He's he's a tough guy, but his time's come. His last two or three seasons, you know, once it rolls into mid to late November, it, it just he he stops being elite. It's almost like you want to play the Sinatra song, and now the end is near. Now you're going down an avenue that I don't know what you're talking about. Ooh, but anyways. Okay, well. <laughs> that's for a different pod. I guess we're going to have to educate you a little bit on <laughs> that. Maybe we can start a music podcast. But anytime um, uh, Mac is on the – Khalil Mack is on the field, um, y- you gotta, he's got to be in your mind, and I think he's going to get a lot of pressure. Um, so, I again, I don't trust Drew Brees. They're Michael Thomas, I don't believe, is playing. They've had a lot of guys out um, – they won't have the the advantage of the uh, home field noise that usually comes with the Saints home game. Yeah. So with that being said, I've I've got I've got uh, the Saints winning, but at nine and a half, I I think old Trubisky will will find a way to put points on the board. You know they have a few pieces and they'll make it a good game. They're ultimately, they're going to lose, but they'll cover the nine. Yeah, I got the Bears. I, I got the Bears just because of the fact that they're going to cover the spread. I I don't see – I see a couple interceptions from Breeze. But then again, but then again, I don't see anything out of Trubisky. Also – But I but I still think it's going to be a close game. You got – you know, with the Bears, you got Cordell Patterson, who is probably the best return man in the NFL. So there's always the, the, the threat of a – you know, a long punt or a kickoff return. Oh, in. yeah, for sure. All right, moving on to the last game of Super Wild Card Weekend. I'm calling this the snoozer. Oh, the Rams and the, the Seahawks. The snoozer of the weekend. Seattle's giving them four and a half. See, I just read today, McVay's like, well, we really don't know who's going to be our quarterback next week. Right. It's going to be uh, the guy that played in uh, – what did he play in the – what team did he play for? Well, he played for the uh, – the hot shots. Yeah, the hot shots. Of the uh, Allegiance, American Allegiance Football League, I a- had to, AAFL. I had, to think, I had to think what team it was because last week when they played, the other guy played in the Canadian Football League. <laughs> the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Sorry for that blunder. Hey, maybe we'll have a Grey Cup week. I don't know. They canceled their season. No, he won the Grey Cup. They won. Yeah, but at that quarterback won. But this year, they I think they canceled the. I don't think they did the CFL this year. Yeah, they did. Really? Yeah, the the quarterback for the Cardinals, who played last week, was their quarterback. They had to get permission from the Rough Riders to kind of loan him. Oh, okay. To the the Cardinals. Now, see, that's bullshit. 
That is absolute bullshit. Mm-hmm. That's for another day. Oh, my God. That's Never mind. But back All right, to the, back so to back the to this. I'm going to tell you right now, I got Seattle taking it. No big deal. I think Russell Wilson is going to have a, a fairly decent game. Uh, I don't think it's going to be anything flashy, but, man, is it going to be a snoozer. You have Jared Goff, who two weeks ago um, basically rearranged his thumb on a uh, defensive lineman's helmet, uh, had thumb surgery last week, missed the game. So how effective is he going to be? Um, they've got a rookie at running back who's, you know, he's shown flashes. He's, he's been okay. They have a tight end who has promise, hasn't really let, lived up to it. they got a couple receivers, but basically you don't have a, a 100% quarterback. Um, uh, you have a decent defense. I think anytime Aaron Donald's on your side and he's on the field, he's a force to be reckoned with. But ultimately – Seattle, Russell Wilson, he's going to start, uh, as they like to say, which I get cringeworthy when they say it, he's going to cook again. Um, they've got enough pieces. And you've got DK Metcalf, who is a, a man against bullies out there. Yeah, They're going to win it. Uh, it's going to be a, a whole hum like, eh, this game, I don't even feel like watching it. But, yeah, Seattle's going to win. And, and the spread's four and a half. I think, I think they, they could win by, by 10 or 12. All right. Well, the picks are in. And uh, next week we'll find out. Exactly. So far, I'm on the leaderboard of three and one. So let's let's shift topics here real quick. We're kind of up against the against the wire here. But one thing I really do want to talk about is I want to talk about this 2020 draft class in their first year in the NFL. I'm a, I was very skeptical about this young man, but he he's proved me wrong. He, in my opinion, was the Matt Stafford of his day. Oh, man, Justin Herbert. Matt Stafford, like, just unbelievable talent at Georgia. But when it came down to winning the big game, he just never could do it. And the same could be said for Herbert. He just he drove you crazy. Because I, I think for two of those seasons he came in, he was probably a top three Heisman candidate. And he just never put it together. I mean, he put up points. He put up stats. Oregon won a lot of games. But when it came for the big big game, albeit he won a Rose Bowl his senior year, uh, he just he, he didn't look the same player. So coming into the season, I thought I, you know, felt like it, it was a bit of a stretch for the Chargers of Los Angeles to take him at such a, uh, a low number. Yeah, well, he, he needs to go and find that doctor that – Tyrod Taylor went and saw and gave him a kiss on the lips. Oops, I uh, went in a little too deep. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, he finished the season with 4,336 yards, 31 touchdowns, and 10 interceptions. Unreal. I mean, I mean f- from the – I mean, that's a tra- from, from That is a transition from college to the NFL. When you find out – That makes general managers salivate. Oh, yeah. When you find out literally two minutes before you're about to take the field that, oh, by the way, you're starting – I mean, he looked like he had done there. He's been there before, and and it just rolled. He commanded the field. Oh, he he! It, the throws he made this year were unbelievable. And I hate you know the next guy I'm going to talk about. He made he made Kirk Cousins look good. His name starts with Justin as well. <laughs> Justin Jefferson. He had 88 catches, doing seven touchdowns and 1,400 yards. I think he ended up with eight because he got a touchdown last week against. The Leos. You think so? I believe so. Could be wrong, but he did the gritty at least seven times. 
and he he just looked he looked like he's been there. He looked like he belonged in the NFL. Uh, in comparison to another former Minnesota Viking who broke every rookie uh, receiving record, Randy Moss. That dude, that guy was a freak of nature. He was beyond unbelievable uh, when he came out and, and, and kind of set his career the way it, way it did. But Justin Jefferson, <laughs> I mean, he didn't look like he had any fear. He just, week to week, he got better and better. Definitely made, definitely made uh, good old Sparty, Kirk Cousins look real good. Oh yeah, he did. I mean, uh, and he was. I think I want to say he was like a twenty second. Yeah, he was. Pick he was a little bit in the later first in round. the first round. Yeah. It did help that Adam Thielen was hurt a lot of the season. And he got a lot of the targets because last year Thielen was Cousins' target. Yeah. And then Steph Diggs goes to Buffalo, and you know what he did. But, oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, it, it definitely helped. He's, he set the tone. Jonathan Taylor with 1,169 yards. It, you know, the run he had this 11 week touchdowns. that we talked about. Oh, yeah, he absolutely undressed it. We were sat here, we watched it, and uh, <laughs> well, it dropped his, he dropped his jock strap. If, if you guys remember his, his senior year at Wisconsin. He was unstoppable. Oh, and, yeah. And he, he, he looks – second-round pick, he looks like he's got a hell of a career ahead of him. Oh, for and sure. And he's in the perfect system with, with the Colts. He, it, it just works out well for him. Oh, Jedrick w- uh, Willis. Yeah, he's he's uh, down there in Cleveland, the left tackle. He's played 16 of the 17 games, and he's protected Baker's uh, blind side. And it's he, a lot, that's a lot of faith to put into a rookie. Sure it is. Sure it is. Especially and, in that AFC division. And I think a lot of people looked at it as, you know, Cleveland. Oh, okay, well, that's an Alabama guy. And Alabama guys usually don't, especially linemen, don't really pan out too well in, in the NFL. But this guy's been, he's been outstanding. And, and the game he missed, they didn't play so well. But they, they yeah. poured money, they poured money into that line. And picking him first round just showed their, their um, their confidence in protecting Baker and and did they made the playoffs so and for sure it, yeah it was a good decision and I, I do want to talk about this guy even though he only played ten games this year he suffered a catastrophic leg injury but Joe Burrows he was looking really good after ten games he had twenty six hundred and eighty eight yards thirteen touchdowns and five interceptions granted he is playing on with the Bengals on the Bengals yep. um. They still have a ton of work down there, but I think they're really starting to get the pieces together to put a team together that's going to be. Well, they'll have another, you know, top five pick, which will give them another weapon. And and one guy, you know, we talked about a few minutes ago from the football team. We didn't mention him this one here is is Chase Young. He's oh, yeah. generational. He's oh, yeah. impactful, and and he's on the field. He's like Aaron Donald. Yeah. You you have to be careful, and and these are guys that. These are they're going to be around in the NFL for a long time, and basically what we're getting to the point is this draft class. Can you compare it, yeah, to one of the greatest draft classes in history with the the nineteen eighty three draft? You know that's the big question. You know time will tell, but right now after the first season, you're looking at wow these guys, and surprisingly enough, the, the talent involved with this draft class. Two Pro Bowl picks. Yeah. Although there's no Pro Bowl, but, but that, they that's were still shocking. selected. Yeah. Yeah. There, there are only two 
with with generational type players. But the the eighty three class was, <laughs> if you want to read the names, yeah. So the eighty three class, the guys I'm about ready to read off to you, they're all in the Hall of Fame. You got Eric Dickerson, you got Jim Kelly, John Elway, which John Elway was the next the next thing, you know. So John Elway, Dan Marino. <laughs> Bruce Matthews, Darrell Green, Richard Dent, and Jim Covert. They're all in the Hall of Fame. Oh, all in the Hall, all of, in fame. The Hall of Fame. All uh, changed the game. Dan Marino, John Elway, Jim Kelly, they they made throwing the ball, passing the ball. They they made it a thing. Oh, especially yeah. Marino. Eric Dickerson. Yeah, he was I mean, you talk about on the field, off the field, he was style. He he was the guy. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Matthews, offensive lineman. He he was a hell of a uh, protector. Richard Dent feared. Oh. I think Mike Singletary being on that defense kind of stole out of the thunder. Uh, but Richard Dent was was a beast. But I, you know, nineteen uh, nineteen eighty four, or I should say, nineteen eighty five. Eighty five. Eighty five. The Super Bowl. Oh my the god! The shuffle with with the refrigerator Perry and Richard Dent, which they recorded that that video before the season started. Yeah. So I think they had some inclination that it was going to be a good year. Oh yeah. And they rolled the Patriots in that Super Bowl. All right. So one last topic I do want to touch on before we get ready to wrap this up here. So we're going to talk about the MVP a little bit. I'm going to say right now I think Mahomes has kind of lost a little bit of his footing in traction. In the last couple weeks, he didn't. Look, and, he didn't but that's look not good saying. But that's not saying he's not a good. Co- I'm not. No. I'm not discrediting no. him that he's not good or like that. But I think there's a lot of other guys that are out there that are probably more notable. Maybe that should get the nod for that MVP. Aaron Rodgers. He's well, always going to be in the conversation. Well, I think. It, it, I think you know as Pat Maf- McAfee mentioned last week, he's already given him the MVP, and I agree 100. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But. Josh Allen. Josh Allen had forty five hundred and forty four yards, thirty seven touchdowns, and ten interceptions this year. You know, few Great. Week, yeah, a few weeks ago we did that poll and he finished fourth. Uh, my opinion, he's now number two. Yeah, and I think Derrick Henry would be number three. Number three. Yep. Yep. For and sure. And is Mahomes, you know, still in that conversation? You know, it's 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 hard to it's hard to say, but he, I, I think Mahomes is is kind of taking a step back in a sense that he knows what he has. He doesn't have to be the guy because he's got so many pieces around him that he can, you know, I'm just going to sit back and, you know, I'll flip it over to um, Kelsey or, or now Le'Veon Bell, who, you know, all of a sudden gets put on the Chiefs and he remembers how to play football. I know. But, no, Holmes is – Mahomes is, is – I think he's, he's, he's realized that I don't have to be the guy to win games. And, you know, is that a smart thing? Maybe, yeah, you know, because I think it's going to save his body a little bit. But – Definitely Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, uh, King Henry, <laughs> and uh, Patrick Mahomes is the, my final four. Yeah, for, uh, I'm, I, I agree with you 100% on mm-hmm. how you have them ranked. That's exactly how I have them ranked here in my notes. Yep. But, uh, yeah, so I, I think we covered everything we were looking to cover this week. And, I, um, like, I, you know, I, I want to say to the people, if you guys live in the Metro Detroit area, please go check out the butchery um, in Sylvan Lake. I'm gonna check it out tomorrow, and I'm sure I'll probably be talking about it next week. Mm-hmm. On it, uh, yeah, we'll do a we'll do a a, a culotte review. Yeah, of of uh, what we're gonna have this coming weekend. And um, also shout out to Woodward Sports and uh, 
Sean Belegian and George Bell's show. I believe it's in 11 a.m. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and they've, uh, it's been nice bouncing ideas off in sure. the last couple of days for sure. But uh, good good folks down there, yep. and they're really starting up something really good and promising. Check, check them so. out. They're, they're a good, uh, good listen. So but I do want to mention one more thing. Coming up this weekend uh, on HBO, HBO Max, uh, there's a two-part documentary on Tiger Woods. It's going to document the rise, the fall, and the rebuild of Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is involved in it. It looks like it's going to be lots of stuff being exposed about Tiger Woods, who I believe was dabbling in a little GHB at at one point in his career, but that's for another show. But it looks like it's going to be a a good watch, so I recommend checking that out. I believe that starts on Sunday. Two-week type uh, documentary. Oh, for sure. All right, well, with that being said, uh, till next week. Yeah, we'll do it again. Have a good uh, week. Uh, Good football. Enjoy, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next week.